Welcome to Believe Right, the weekly radio ministry of Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic, originating from MFC Ministries in Morgantown, West Virginia, USA. Thank you for joining us as we look into the anointed Word of God and learn how it applies to our lives today. Jesus is alive and is healing, blessing, delivering, and changing lives all through placing faith in Him, taking in God's Word, and beginning to believe right for all areas of our lives. Now, here's this week's broadcast. When He comes back, He's going to say, For I was hungry, and you fed me. He didn't say, When I come back, you was on three stations. I don't see that anywhere. Nowhere. He says, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. That's what he's going to talk about on the day the rewards come. That's the greatest life there is. You want to be anointed and weep while you help people. There it is. There it is. I want, now see, what you do is you do it individually. But I have to admit in my heart. I'm believing we're the day where we can do it corporately at such a high level. Really and truly, you need point people. How many points can one person be on? Really? I need a point I need. God needs, forgive me. God needs a point people to help kids who got drug addicted parents and buy them clothes. He needs a point person. I can't be on every point. He needs a point person to pack up food and be in charge of a program. He needs a point person that has a heart for people to stay married, that wants to have the classes and then make the videos and faithfully do it where somebody comes or whether they don't. You, if there's one marriage you get saved because you play the video and you pray before the thing starts, you've done your job. There, see, serving the community is so much bigger than it looks, and it always starts small. At least it has for me and to be honest with you it takes me a while to learn I hope this don't sound real bad but I like small too I learn the ropes and then I don't care how big it gets but, I, but what I do when I'm small is I learn the principles of that ministry and the principles work no matter how big it gets so if you can build it small the right way you're in you just got to keep doing what you did and it'll get big it's like going into a town and pioneering a church Think about this. If God equips you to cast out devils and lay hands on the sick and preach the gospel, you pretty much got the, the three big guns. I mean, if they come to the service and you cast the devil at them and they, they quit doing whatever it is they're doing, they're going to remember that. And more than likely, they'll be like the woman at the well and say, let me tell you about a man who told me anything I ever did. And they'll bring about a dozen people to church. I, I know we can advertise and stuff. That's cool. But I think our testimonies will bring people to church. I think we, our emphasis has to be on what God did for us. It's attractive to some, when somebody tells you, I was healed of a terminal disease. My marriage was done, and God helped me. If you, that gets somebody's ear. See, it's hard. we don't have a way of getting their ear. Because they don't, they're not listening. You got to get your ear. And I'm, I'm the one time at a, I 
one time a person, one time a person at a time thing. Uh, I think you, you restore things one thing at a time. I really do. I think one thing at a time is how you get things done. Before you know it, you've got a crowd. I told you Dr. Summerall said, you should be able to start a 50-member church no matter what you do. He says, you just go help 50 people. They'll follow you to church. He was right. I, I tell you, I always say, don't invite people to church. Lead them to Jesus. Don't invite people to church. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. If it's cultivated right, you can. But your goal is not to get them here. Your goal is to get them in the kingdom. And when you do that, they'll follow you here. But if you tell them you need to come to church, I probably wouldn't come either. <laughs> why? I need to know why I need to come to church. What's going to change? What, am I, what's gonna, what don't I know? Why should I come? Why should I get saved? We were just discussing this with somebody earlier. Why should I get saved? If you can't explain to them why they need saved, why should they get saved? If you can't tell them why, why should they? We get mad at them and go, they don't want to hear it. I want to go, did you know how to explain it? Can you explain salvation and what people need saved from? And you should explain to them, you know, sometimes we tell new Christians all these great things they're going to do, but we don't, we don't get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, wait till you get it. Don't do nothing until you get the Holy Ghost because you're going to need that power to do what I asked you to do. And then as believers, he said that heal the sick, preach the gospel. If you're going to preach to them, you've got to be bold enough to lay hands on them if they're sick or their family members too. So when you're preaching, you need to pray because every time you pray, God's power comes and that's one of the things that opens the door is your prayer. If you try to lead him to the Lord without any man, he demonstration, he didn't come in word only, but demonstration and power. Power. You, you are, Christ, Christian means anointed one. You're anointed for something. You literally carry God inside you and to the, to the degree that you pay attention to the scriptures is to the degree that you will have the power. You're supposed to deliver the package. There is power in your hands to heal. It's, I know there's gifts of healing and there's different kinds, but the Bible says these signs will follow them that believe. You can muddle your way through it but not knowing what gift you got. Just lay hands on the sick because you were told to. And figure out what, what one you got later. But he said, lay hands on the sick now. He said, when you go to a town, heal the sick. Tell them the kingdom of God is coming to them. Healing is a door opener for you to talk. And see, in order to do that, you don't want to tell them what to do. You just listen to them and say, you want me to pray for your healing? You don't start getting them lost. You, hear, you, you pray for them, and then they're interested. They're interested. Because they know you care about them, not just trying to make them do something. See, how many of you felt like when people's preaching at you, they're trying to make you do something? I, I, I have to admit to you, I never, ever listened to any of those people. I, my head was probably as hard as anybody in here, maybe a little harder than most. 
I didn't want to hear it unless you had something to really say. I didn't want to hear, you better get saved. I need somebody to say, why? Sorry, I know that sounds bad for a preacher to talk like that, but it's the truth. I think they deserve a legitimate explanation, a knowledgeable explanation. Anyway, you know, uh, I tell this story every once in a while, and Josephus had those writings on the side. I mean, this will be a repeat for some of you. I can't help that, but Peter quit. Peter was done. Peter, you know, same guy denied the Lord. And uh, he was leaving town. And Jesus appeared to him and said, where are you going? He says, I quit. I can't do this anymore. And Jesus said, but I'm going that way. He turned around and was crucified upside down in that same city. The will of God was the most important thing to Peter. You know, we forget, those guys said things like, we've left all to follow you. He says, if you don't forsake your mother, your brother, your uncles, your aunts. You know, I've told you this one time, I was spared not having to deal with my father. I'm glad that he died. I still miss my dad. I love my dad a lot. But I didn't have the Catholic fight to become a Pentecostal believer. Right. You, you understand that I was spared the friction that it would have been between my father and I. But I'm always conscious of it because I knew it would have been a really big reality. Isn't it something that sometimes you have to forget about where you came from. Now, I didn't say don't honor your parents. Please don't distort what I'm saying. You honor them if they curse you. You honor them if they curse you. I had some great modeling in, in my uh, family. My uncles and aunts, they did so many things right. My, I had an uncle that took care of his dad, my grandfather. And my grandfather wasn't nice to him. I was a little kid and I was in that room. And I heard some of that thought and I thought, this is so bad. But my uncle ignored it, helped him, bathed him, clothed him, did everything he was supposed to do in spite of the treatment. Believe it or not, when you're a little kid, those kind of things change your life. And I had a couple aunts and uncles that were really like that. You know, they might have been harsh, you know, Croatian and all that stuff, you know, Catholic and all that. But they had a couple traits that I'd never forgot, that they did what was right in spite of how they were being treated. They, he honored his dad. And he lived a long time. He honored his father and his mother and he lived a long time. But those things are good for you. You know, I could talk all day, but I'll stop. But it's kind of like when the family's all messed up. Your kids don't get any of that. Like when you get divorced and then they don't get to go see their uncles and they don't get to know their uncles and they don't get to know their aunts. They miss out on all them role modeling of the good people. Because back then people stayed married. My dad had uh, seven brothers and two sisters, and there was four, you know, three more on my mother's side besides her. So you had to visit all these people, and you learned the good things, you learned the bad things, but you learned a lot of good things being around faithful people. And when the family's broken up, that stuff doesn't get to happen. You know, 
It's good to have the support. In the name of Jesus, may this family have grandparents in it, this church family. May it have grandparents for the children in the name of Jesus. May they have the support of aunts and uncles and good friends in the name of Jesus so the kids feel safe, they feel secure, they feel loved, and there's boundaries for them, and they can learn what's right. I'm prophesying and praying at the same time and know what's right and wrong by the people around them in the name of, it's not do what I say, don't do as I do. I thank you, Father, it'll be do as I do and say in the name of Jesus. Kids need all that. Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich pray that you have been blessed by this week's Believe Right broadcast. Chapter 14 and verse 6 from the book of John in God's Word tells us that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes unto God the Father by any other manner than through accepting, believing, and confessing that the shed blood of Jesus has cleansed them of their sins and that He truly is the risen Savior and Lord of their life. For more on the gospel message of Jesus Christ, you can log on to our website at www.believeright.tv. There you can listen to older radio broadcasts and view our weekly television broadcast, along with finding out more about Apostle Joe Perosich, Pastor Rena Perosich, and MFC Ministries. That website address again is www.believeright.tv. TV. If you wish to contact us for prayer or ministry information, you can call us in the U.S. at 001-304-292-7283 or write us at MFC Ministries, 300 Highland Avenue, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26505 USA. Join Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic again next week at this time here on this station for another time in God's Word, which, when applied to our lives, will enable us to believe right for every area of our lives. Have a blessed week in Jesus.